today's episode of the JRE Review is the Neil Brennan one. I always look forward to these. I love when comedians come on, especially comedians as talented as Neil Brennan and is unique and interesting. Is podcast 1298. Can you believe Joe has done 1,298 freaking podcasts? I, I guess more because he's done quite a few of the MMA ones. But it's unbelievable. And they're hours and hours long. How many thousands and thousands of hours is that? Really impressive. Uh, Neil Brennan is amazing. You've heard him on Joe's podcast before. And, uh, you know, anyone that brings us things like the Chappelle Show and Half-Baked is, in my opinion, a fucking genius and so important for this planet because that stuff is hilarious. Um, so, yep, let's get this started. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review, where each week I review every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. What more do you want? All right. Uh, comedy writing is what they open up with, right? But probably the hardest thing about doing stand-up or really any comedy is the comedy writing portion. You have to sit there and hate everything that you do and all of your jokes and then stare into space for hours and the procrastination muscle, if it is a muscle, it's definitely a part of your brain just takes over and you do nothing. And it's really cool to hear the best guys talk about that, like really the best guys. And, and Neil is, is he's got to be one of the best joke writers out there. You know, they're happy if they get four jokes a week. That's impressive. You know, with all the work that they put in. If they get four good ones a week, that's amazing for them. And they're like, you know, one out of four uh, gets a laugh. And that's good. You know, that's doing some work. It's rough. That's rough. You know, think how good these guys are and, and how much they know. What does that do for the rest of us? What does that do for people just starting out in comedy? I mean, what do you get? One out of 50 jokes? I mean, it's not very encouraging. But uh, it's hard as fuck, man. You know, if anyone else out there does stand up and listens to this, you know, feel free. Email me. Let me know your approach, like how you get through it, because it's so cool to listen to that stuff and to and to hear it. Uh, why does Joe have so many conservatives on his podcast? That's a question that Neil asked him. I don't think he has all that many. He has some, you know. And, and and Joe says he's mostly left wing. He talks about Ben Shapiro being on right, and and um, it kind of talks about some of the things that that they got into on on their podcast. But Ben was on recently; it wasn't that long ago. And uh, if you're an avid listener, you're going to remember. But he likes conversation, right? He, it doesn't have to have the same political stance. Imagine if you limit all your guests to only people that believe exactly like you politically. You're not going to learn a great deal. You want opposite thoughts. And at the end of the day, it's it's not even to persuade you one way or the other. It's just to understand where someone's coming from and have a conversation. Uh, I think it's even an, like a, a bit of a silly thing that was brought up because it's obvious, right? You can, have, you can talk to whoever you want. Like you shouldn't be limited by anything. And... Uh, yeah, if it was just yes men or just people that kissed his ass and agree with everything he said, it, w- it might make for a, a lot more of a boring conversation. You know, discussions are good when they stay civil, even if you're not agreeing. I think that that's powerful stuff. We should have more 
conversations like that. I try to get into them and I try to calm myself down and not get too self-righteous about my viewpoint and opinion. Do you ever catch yourself almost arguing with somebody and then you're, you realize, I don't even feel this passionate about the point. You just didn't want to lose that argument. It's so silly. It's, I do. I find myself like stuck in that sometimes and it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, one cool thing that they talked about, obviously both these guys live in LA and they have for some time and there's always the risk of like that, the super volcano going off or like earthquakes or just something hitting the fan, you know, well shit, shit in that fan and everything getting fucked up. You know, what do you do? What's your escape plan? Think about wherever you are, anywhere in the world where people, and people download this podcast from all over. It's kind of crazy. But think about what you would do. Whatever is near you, whether you're near a big body of water, could be a tsunami, could be flooding, could be the power goes out forever, uh, you name it. Like, what do you have any sort of a plan? And, and it's interesting to think about it. I don't think everyone should be a doomsday prepper, right? But it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of resources or at least an idea of what to do or a bit of a direction. And, and if it got bad enough to where you had to head out into the wilderness, so to speak, could you survive? I don't think I could. No chance. In fact, I definitely know I couldn't. I wouldn't even know where to begin. It's, uh, yeah, it would be tough. Going back to, like, Joe's show, and 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 Neil was really pushing him on, on just, like, how the show was created, because Neil started his own podcast called, I think, Neil Feels, uh, which sounds really interesting. But, but yeah, Joe, Joe does his show only with people that he's interested in. Right? He doesn't get told who the guests are. He doesn't have to sit there and listen to people that he think are, are boring. It, you know, and he doesn't do things that he thinks will be popular. He, he does things because he's interested in it in the show. And that's cool. That's genuine, even if you don't agree with who the guest is. And, and that's definitely something that resonates with people. Fans love it for that reason. I do. You know, it's that genuine part of it. You don't feel that with a lot of other types of shows that are on TV. And Joe's done it almost 10 years now unbelievable 10 years i was listening to it almost right at the beginning within probably six months um i had a smartphone back in like 2010 and uh, i was working at a cell phone store so i had i had access to like different smartphones and and a podcast app was like a thing you could download and i was just cruising through it and i and i think because there were so few podcasts joe's just was like there and I'm like, oh, is that that UFC guy? And I started listening. And right away, I was really intrigued by the way that he communicated and did his show. I couldn't believe that it was a thing. And it was re- really pretty fascinating from day one. Even if you go back to some of the earlier podcasts, and I actually reviewed episode one not that long ago because I just wanted to listen to it again and thought it would be fun. It's it's not hugely different. He's obviously improved, but he's very much been him. And uh, the kind of format was already laid out just by him saying, look, this is kind of who I am. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that it, it didn't change and he didn't get producers and he didn't, you know, sign a TV deal. And that would have really fucked things up for sure. Um, yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been cool. I guess Neil Brennan is working on a new stand-up special too. Uh, he had a really fascinating stand-up special last time called three mics which was strange funny and quite brilliant 
uh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. If you guys haven't checked it out and you're a fan of Neil Brennan, it's on Netflix, I believe, and definitely worth a watch. It's it's really fascinating. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what he does next, whether he keeps a similar style or goes in a different direction or or whatever he does. Um, I'm keen to see how he sets that up um, because he is such an intelligent person and there's kind of a uniqueness with Neil too where he is very open about his struggles with depression and anxiety and how he deals with it. He does some like ketamine therapy, which sounds nuts, but it's helped him. And I believe he does electrocompulsive therapy too. What is that? ECT. So they kind of zap your brain and uh, it helps him uh, deal with some anxieties and stresses and, and get that through. The fact that he can still do great comedy and deal with all that level of emotion and depression and be as consistent as he is, is is a testament to how hard he works and and you know that he won't give up on on his dream and and his passion and it's really fascinating because i think when people struggle like that uh it's probably hard for them to do a lot of things it's hard for them to maybe get out of bed some days but yeah he's always at the store the comedy store plugging away, doing great stuff. I love it when I'm at a show and, and Neil shows up to be on it. It's it's always so good. He's just, it's kind of brilliant. You know right away he's so much smarter than me when I'm listening. And I'm just like, God, this guy's intelligent. One thing that he said that was cool is, uh, he said, comedians are like X-Men, right? Everyone's always mad at you, but they're necessary. You gotta have it. And he's talking about doing controversial comedy. You know, similar to like all the Louis C.K. stuff and and any comedy that gets people upset. And I thought that was a great analogy because it's kind of true. They're like the superheroes that people are mad at and and trying to put away and get rid of the mutants. But you got to have them because they're saving the world. Who knows? But I enjoyed it. Uh, Check it out. Neil's fantastic. And I can't wait to uh, see his new comedy special. Thanks a lot, as always, for listening and downloading. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day.